Hemp is an ancient plant that has been cultivated for thousands of years. It was banned in the U.S. in 1937 because it was wrongly grouped with marijuana. But now it's coming back. Welcome to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. We're talking about hemp because it has great potential as a sustainable and profitable crop for American farmers. Hemp is a distinct species of the cannabis plant, but contains very low levels of THC, the compound that makes marijuana a psychoactive drug. Cannabis sativa, also called industrial hemp, is cultivated for its fiber and seeds, which are edible. My guest, Jeff Whaling, is chair of the National Hemp Association, a hemp advocacy group with more than 50,000 members. He started out by relating the story of how hemp came to its problematic reputation. I think that most people's uh, belief of what hemp is and what it isn't comes from probably one of the most successful marketing campaigns ever undertaken in America. You know, back in the 1930s, uh, people did not get their information from a podcast, which is the Mothering Earth podcast. They got it from going to the theater. Most theaters in the 1930s were owned by William Randolph Hearst. William Randolph Hearst, as being one of the great industrialists of our nation, uh, owned the largest track of uh, forestry uh, on the West Coast, and he also owned the largest chain of newspapers. Obviously, uh, the most popular crop to produce paper uh, and pulp at that time was hemp. Well. Uh, William Randolph Hearst and a lot of his other industrialists, including the DuPonts that had developed a new product um, called nylon, really worked to um, really not ban hemp, but make sure that it was not seen as being an acceptable uh, crop for uh, American consumers. They ran ads in those theaters that most people um, would know as reefer madness uh, those messages uh, said, uh, save your children from hemp and marijuana. So most people today have learned, as I'd learned from my parents, that hemp and marijuana were the same crop. Well, not exactly true. They both are part of the cannabis family, but very much like corn or dogs or other you know, animals out there, there are many species and varieties um, it, to right. the cannabis species. Um, hemp has absolutely 0.3% or less THC, the psychoactive element that's contained in marijuana. And anything above that level is considered to be a controlled substance um, and is considered to be marijuana. So the plants look the same, um, but certainly it's the THC psychoactive element that differentiates it. But marijuana is only really used for one or two purposes, most of them medicinal. Hemp can be used for as many as 25,000 different products. Now, hemp has a history in the early United States and, of course, elsewhere in the world for years. Can you give us a, sort of a little history lesson on hemp uh, in terms of where it was grown and how it was used? Yeah, the origins of hemp um, comes from uh, Middle Asia. 
um, and was a staple to, um, to the livelihoods of many um, in Asia. Um, it's a crop that grows really, really easily and it has so many diverse purposes. Um, it became a, a crop here in the United States as a result of those people who were fleeing religious persecution uh, in Europe and who fled to America. Um, they were principally the Moravians, the Amish, the Mennonites um, who settled in Pennsylvania um, and in Kentucky. Um, and certainly when they arrived, they had their own hemp seed um, in their pockets. And so you know, a lot of people, even in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is the epicenter of the Amish community, um, most people didn't know that Hempfield Township got its name uh, from the fact that it was the epicenter for hemp. There were more than 100 hemp mills along the Susquehanna River here in Pennsylvania, uh, which is where I now live. Um, but certainly Kentucky had experienced the same sort of growth um, because it became a staple uh, for the very existence of those people that had uh, come to America. They used it for fiber um, to make clothing. They used it for oil, uh, for heat and for cooking. Um, and certainly they uh, used it in you know, the most interesting and historical important ways. Um, Betsy Ross's original American flag was made out of hemp fabric. Two really? drafts of the Declaration of Independence are written on hemp paper. Um, uh, so it was really uh, a key component to existing in the new Americas. You're listening to Mothering Earth. Uh, I'm here today with Jeff Whaling, chair of the National Hemp Association, uh, and we're talking about hemp. Uh, so now, uh, for a while, hemp was, uh, or rather, it wasn't legal to grow hemp in the United States, uh, but now it is. Can you talk about that, how that happened, and is it legal in all the states? Uh, so hemp was really prohibited um, based on the Marijuana Tax Act. Um, and discouraged. Um, that was in the late 1930s. And that was at a time when Henry Ford built the very first hemp sedan. He built that and researched it in Gwyneth, Pennsylvania. He was a big believer in from field to factory. In fact, the 1914 $10 bill, all of America's bills, uh, paper money were printed on hemp paper at that time. However, when World War II came along and all of a sudden there was a shortage of uh, hemp sailcloth and rope for the military movement, the U.S. government moved very quickly, built 12 hemp decortication manufacturing plants, and once World War II was finished, they closed them all up. So um, it's, it was a crop of necessary convenience at some time. Um, but uh, through the efforts of a lot of people whose shoulders I stand on, uh, hemp um, really got a a good kickstart starting in uh, 2013, when a lot of the Kentucky farmers were going to be losing their tobacco subsidies. And many of them approached Senator McConnell, who represents Kentucky, asking whether or not they could reach back into their uh, family's history and regrow hemp uh, before uh, they grew tobacco. And so he was very supportive. And so he moved to include hemp in the 2013-14 Farm Bill. Um, the actual act within the Farm Bill was called the Legitimacy of Industrial Hemp Research. 
It did not assign any authority to any federal agency. It just allowed states like Kentucky, um, who were interested in reintroducing hemp to their landscape for research purposes only to do so. Well, um, there was a big movement um, by a number of states who were trying to help farmers who we know that American farmers are desperate for new opportunities. Um, and many states, some 18, picked up the opportunity. And that led to the kind of mix mash of uh, regulations and products that um, all of a sudden came to the marketplace in what some might look at real commercial experiences like CBD, uh, which was mm -hmm. not uh, the intent of that legislation, but it was left up to the states to define what research was and um, manufacturing products and sending them across state lines uh, was part of their definition of research. So that is why there's this uh, mixture of CBD and why today most people think that when you talk about hemp, you talk about CBD. But right. CBD is um, an extract from the plant material, the leaves and the flowers of uh, the hemp crop. All hemp has a CBD component to it. Um, and uh, it only represents 2% of the potential of this crop. The 2018 Farm Bill legalized hemp um, and removed it from the Controlled Substances Act which allows it to take its place um, across the country um, uh, along with soybean and corn as a true commodity crop. States do okay. require their own permitting uh, to be implemented. And that is just so that law enforcement and others will be able to uh, be clearly able to identify what is a legally permitted hemp crop until we really become more accustomed to seeing the crop in fields. Because as I said earlier, this crop looks very much, particularly a CBD crop, looks very much like a marijuana crop. It does. Yeah, that's one question I had. So the plant does look similar. Well, very similar. so, so uh, hemp for fiber, grain, seed production uh, grows like corn. It's a row crop. However, for mm -hmm. CBD production, as I spoke earlier, uh, the CBD is an extract, like an essential oil that comes from lavender. Um, it comes from the plant material, so leaves and flowers. And that mm -hmm. is why, and it's the easiest component of the hemp crop to bring to the marketplace today because hemp can grow 21 feet tall. Yes, 21 <laughs> feet tall in 110 days. And we just wow. don't have any harvesting equipment that can harvest the crop at that point. So most people have shied away from a field crop for fiber and grain and focused on CBD. Could I grow it in my garden? Well, certainly you <laughs> could grow it in your garden, but uh, there are not many states that are opening that door. I mean, they are really, okay. truly looking at growing hemp as a commodity crop, um, as corn and soybean exist in our landscape today. So it's not. So it is something that requires, as you said, some kind of permit or some kind of official paperwork before you can actually grow hemp, correct? Correct. Um, after the 2018 Farm Bill was signed into law in December of 2018, uh, USDA was given one year to come up with uh, interim final rules on how they would um, really implement uh, the legislation. Uh, it became challenging because, as I said earlier, the 2013 Farm Bill, 14 Farm Bill, allowed for 
um, states to reintroduce the crop. So uh, the 2018 Farm Bill allowed USDA to look at this, but they were trying to put this genie back in the bottle that states had um, really kind of let out and were running with. So um, it took almost a year for USDA to come up with a permitting uh, rule. Um, it didn't really fit with the completely with the reality on the ground. And so they reopened comment periods and they've been very cooperative in working with the National Hemp Association. They look at us as being one of the most trusted voices as a bipartisan group um, to guide them on what's really happening um, amongst our members and uh, amongst many states uh, that are growing hemp. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here today with Jeff Whaling, chair of the National Hemp Association. We're talking about hemp, but right now let's take a short break. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here today with Jeff Whaling, chair of the National Hemp Association. We're talking about hemp. And uh, one of the things I was curious about is I understand that hemp is a great crop for those of us concerned about sustainability and the earth. Um, can you talk about that? I absolutely can. Um, hemp is the most sustainable crop on the planet. Um, as I said, uh, hemp can grow a uh, hundred uh, within a hundred days to 20 feet tall. Um, right now with no pesticides and no fertilizer. I fully suspect that as we see more and more hemp crops uh, dot the landscape that that will change. But right now, um, no fertilizers, no pesticides. Uh, it uh, consumes three times the CO2 than any other crop on the planet. And once that hemp is processed, and you can and we can discuss in detail later, make things like um, hempcrete, which is uh, an insulation uh, that can be used in your home, it continues to absorb CO2. Um, really? So it is wow. very sustainable. Um, and uh, it is the number two phytoremediation crop on the planet. So it takes toxins out of the soil, stores them in the leaves, so you can still harvest the crop. You could plant it in a in a brown field, um, and it will eventually naturally remove that waste. It has been planted around Chernobyl for 15 years, and it mm -hmm. has naturally started to remove that nuclear waste, reseeds itself year after year after year, um, and it's creating a whole new biomass. Does hemp require any special soil conditions or a certain amount of uh, watering or rainfall? Hemp is a, a, a very uh, durable crop. I believe that we will continue to research hemp since it's not been part of our landscape for 85 years uh, to see where it might grow best for its eventual use. Um, hemp does not like to get its feet wet, so the Florida Everglades mm -hmm. may not be the best place for it. Um, but it does not require um, a lot of water. One important contributor to climate change that I think is rarely talked about is animal agriculture. And there are farmers and ranchers who would like to transition out of livestock. And I understand that hemp could provide the, uh, the way out. Um, it is happening. I was pleased to participate in a, uh, a summit just two weeks ago. 
um, to discuss this very issue. You know, there is this cycle of um, small, medium-sized farmers who, you know, are uh, raising uh, livestock on their lands. They've inherited these lands. Or it's the only thing that they have known for generations. And some would like to break this cycle. They just don't know how to do it uh, because at the end of the day, uh, sending those animals to slaughter at the appropriate time for them is how they make uh, their ends meet and pay their bills. Uh, but there is a movement that's going on today um, and certainly uh, it is growing um, to provide incentives for farmers who want to convert from raising livestock to plant-based materials. And as the plant-based uh, industry grows, and it's a multi-billion dollar industry today, but as more and more people are starting to learn about the benefits of plant-based products, there's going to be a need for um, small and medium farms to start growing this. And hemp is one of those perfect uh, crops because you know the top 18 inches of the hemp crop uh, can uh, produce a hemp uh, a seed um, head that uh, produces a seed that can not only be used for uh, animal feed, um, but human consumption. Uh, it's a 100% digestible protein. If you cold press that, not to be confused with CBD, but if you cold press that seed, it contains 30% oil. That oil can almost right away be used for a salad dressing and a, uh, a, a low heat saute oil. Process that further. It becomes the base for a pure cosmetic uh, body care uh, formulation. <laughs> Refine it further. It becomes an industrial lubricant. And uh, refine it even further. It becomes a sustainable resin uh, that can be used not only to seal floors um, uh, for paints, uh, but also to be used in uh, combining uh, in an enclave, hemp fiber from the outer part of the crop uh, to make auto parts. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here today with Jeff Whaling, chair of the National Hemp Association. You were just talking about the different products that can come from hemp. And uh, I understand that there's a very long list of things, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, can you talk uh, about uh some of these different products in a little more detail. So uh, clothing, paper, uh, biofuel, how, how does all this, or what's it coming from? Well, I think what I'll do is I'll start out with one of what will be one of the most surprising um, products okay. that can be developed from hemp. Um, and that is nanosheet technology. Um, hemp can be used as the next sustainable, environmentally friendly energy source, a battery. Um, and it has not been proven out yet to be used as an automotive battery, um, but for the multitude of small batteries that we consume, for mm -hmm. batteries for our lawnmowers and scooters, golf carts, um, hemp has not only the ability to generate that energy, but you could build that battery using hemp bioplastics. So it truly could be sustainable. Hemp can replace uh, carbon fiber. Uh, carbon fiber comes from fossil fuel, so it's extracted from the ground as part of extracting oil, and that is what is being used in many automobiles today. 
um, it, it becomes very strong as a as a unit um, and used in uh, the passenger compartment of most automobiles. Hemp fiber, the outer portion of hemp that used to be used to make uh, rope years ago, um, mm -hmm. can replace easily replace that carbon fiber. It's a natural fiber. It's as strong as steel. And if you combine that fiber with a natural hemp resin, you can make the very same automobiles. And as there is a movement towards EV, electric vehicles, right. um, one of the challenges that Americans have is that electric vehicles, as we know them today, don't go very far on a charge. BMW by far is the most advanced um, manufacturer using sustainable products, including hemp but not one American manufacturer uses hemp because A, there isn't a supply chain, and B, that technology hasn't really been proven out um, on a mass commercial scale. Um, so those are the things that we need to do, but it's just not the upholstery, it's not just the carpeting, it's not just the headliner, it is true automotive components, structural uh, panels for the doors, soundproofing, um, and as I said, uh, it can replace carbon fiber. Um, I know that a lot of the Formula One race teams are looking at sustainable fibers. And as the EU moves to reduce the carbon footprint of the European auto manufacturers uh, starting in 2025, they are now gravitating to look at natural fibers, sustainable fibers like uh, flax and hemp um, to be that solution because hemp is lighter in weight then carbon fiber and by combining hemp into the production of an automobile that is electric you're lightening the weight decontenting mm -hmm. is the term which will allow that vehicle to travel further be as safe under one single charge um now i understand in addition and i'm assuming some of the same technology that hemp can be used in construction so this time we're talking about the herd or the inner woody core. Um, if you uh, think of uh, hemp being very similar to bamboo, it has a very thick woody core. Um, it, it is uh, representing about 60% of the value of that crop. If you chop that up into, into pieces, um, it, would, it could resemble something that looks like landscaping mulch. It could be used as landscaping mulch. The difference is, is that it is 100% compostable and will disappear um, over you know, a very short period of time. But if you uh, use the cellulose that can be developed from that process, you can make plastics. Um, if you take that herd and mix it with something as simple, which we have plenty of, hydraulic lime and water, and put it in a form that is then set up like you know, setting up a cement block, if you let it set using uh, uh, carbon dioxide, it hardens that very quickly. And it currently can be used as an insulation factor in building a house. Uh, there are hemp crete blocks that look like Lego blocks um, that are now coming to the marketplace. Right. Um, and the added benefit to that is that that hempcrete will continue to absorb CO2 for its lifetime. And at the end of the day, it is completely recyclable. It sounds like this would be an incredibly useful crop for 
farmers to start uh, raising or growing. Um, but is there any downside to hemp? Well, downside may not be uh, the best word. Challenges are probably the best way to say uh, where we sit right now. Um, we do not have any equipment, harvesting equipment that can go through a field to uh, harvest hemp and maximize the offtake from the field. There are no harvesting heads that can reach 20 feet tall to take the top 18 inches to, to collect the seed. Uh, there is no machine that will go through a field, get the seed, get the leaves and cut the crop off at the field level and then send it through a regular combine and chop it up to leave it in the field to go through a natural dew redding process or a rotting process. It is the only way that the hemp fiber separates from the woody core. Um, and then it has to be baled and then sent to a very specialized piece of equipment called a decortication unit. And they just don't exist here in the United States. They exist um, in Europe. Um, both the harvesting equipment and the decortication equipment, but they're not Americanized. Um, it's not really a chicken or egg issue. It's a scrambled egg issue. And we have to work on all of those solutions at the same time, working to uh, educate farmers, working to develop equipment and working with end users um, who will start to adopt uh, a hemp technology for the products that they're currently making. For more on this pretty amazing plant, go to the National Hemp Association website at nationalhempassociation, all one word, dot org. Please tell people you know about this fabulous podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news.